Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're going to end up going through, I believe, verses 12 through 18, specifically. But I'm going to read through uh, verses uh, 1 through uh, 11 first, and we'll just, I'm just going to hit a few points here. Uh, let's pray and believe God. How many think you could get something? That it help you. How many know if you apply it, it'll bless you? But the scripture says in James, it's the doer of the word, not just the hearer only that is blessed. And so um, allow the Holy Spirit, I'll do my best to, in utterance as far as what he gives me to teach, but allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you specifically out of the words uh, about your situation. And uh, that's how everybody knows faith comes by hearing, right? And if you're online, don't do seven things at once. If you're watching on Facebook, uh, don't scroll Facebook while you're trying to listen to the word. You've got divided attention, and uh, you'll be in trouble. <laughs> when, the, when, the, when, the, uh, when the trial hits your life and all that comes out is the 30 seconds blips from Facebook that you know, then you're in trouble. But if the word comes out, because how many know trials come? Okay, People are like, well, how many more trials could happen in 2020? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I'm coming out perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's what the Lord told me, and that's what I'm having. And, and sometimes people are like, well, you're just bullheaded. Thank you. I'm glad you... It's not just that. It's that I have a conviction about my God and what he said to me. It's not just bullheadedness. There is, there is something to being just uh, unwilling to let go of what God said. And uh, that's what faith is. It's, uh, it's white knuckle. <laughs> you grip and don't let go, Right? All right, so um, you say, how long do we have to walk in faith? Till you die. Then you can quit. You can be done at that point. <laughs> but until then, you say, you really live like that. Yeah, for like the last 23 years. If, if the Lord asked me to live by faith, that means there's enough faith to live until I die. And then I'll die in faith. Yep, that's what will happen, Amen. Amen. So uh, let's pray and believe God and the Lord will really impart strength into us. I believe we're at a pivotal time for this church and for this area and just in general, what's, what God's about to do. But Father, we do. We come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the prayers that have already gone up from those who have prayed here to, to the prayers that I prayed earlier, Lord. I know that you're going to give us utterance and boldness to speak as we ought to speak. And Lord, there's truth in this word that I know you're going to bring forth. And Father, I do. I yield myself to you and the gift that you've placed within me, the calling you've put on my life. Lord, I just yield to the Holy Spirit to flow through me to minister to your people. And Lord, I ask that you would feed them, and I know you will. Lord, I know your word is anointed and powerful, that your truth sets captives free. And so I thank you, Lord, that even in, this, in the natural, things may look uh, uh, disrupted, things may not look good, but faith will come, and expectation out of faith, and Lord, we know that as we respond in faith to your grace, your grace begins to manifest in the natural world and change our worlds to reflect your kingdom. And Lord, I know the ultimate purpose of this is not just so that we can be blessed, even though that's a part of it. It's so that the kingdom of heaven can advance here on earth, that souls may be saved, that we plunder hell and populate heaven. 
And so, Lord, we thank you for your anointing. We know that we are seated with you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We know that you've given us authority and power in the name of Jesus. And so we invoke that name. We stand on that covenant. And, Lord, we thank you that you're going to move and operate and speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Okay, Philippians chapter 1, verse 1 says this. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. We saw here that uh, Paul identified himself and Timothy as bondservants. One of the things that we learned about bondservants is it is one who gives himself up wholly to another's will. That's what a bondservant is. It is one who's devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. So in other words, as a bondservant of Christ, as a disciple of the Lord, we give up our will for his will. Now, do you know you can be saved and not be a disciple? You know you can be saved, go to heaven, and not be a disciple here on earth. It's possible. In fact, a lot, the majority of people in in the church so far do not become disciples. And the simple reason is, is because they don't want to give up their interests for the interests of another. But what, I'll just let you in on a little secret. There is a cost to being a disciple, but the rewards outweigh it. But it takes faith to get there. And watch this. You can't love the rewards more than the Lord to get there. Woo, it's wonderful. Oh, we're already rolling. It's working. Good. Good, we're hearing it, right? In other words, you say, what do you mean by that? Uh, What I mean by that is simply this, is that we can preach the blessings of God, and they're there, and they're real. But you have to love God more than the blessing. And if you get it backwards, your faith won't work. It'll be frustrated. You know what I mean? So, so you, we, we can't ever judge whether somebody's in the will of God or not based on what they have. We have to know the person. We have to know what they're, who are they as a person. What is their character? What is their nature? And so disciples do this. They're devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interests. And we saw that. That, that is what a bond servant is. I'm after that. I'm not there fully, but I'm growing. How about you? All right, so grace to you, Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Notice that grace and peace come from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So does he ever run out? (laughs) People say it feels like it. That's just because you're not tapping it. (laughs) You got to tap it by faith, amen? You got to get in there and, and stay plugged in. Don't, don't, don't unplug. Stay plugged in. Uh, when you wake up in the morning uh, before or when you're putting your feet on the floor, say, I'm going to go through this day by grace through faith. There's an unlimited supply of grace today. Don't, don't do this. Oh, I know it's ahead of me. You, you're unplugging right then. Oh, I have to work with this person. <laughs> Too close to home, huh? <laughs> I have to work all day, and then I go to church tonight. I'm already... No, no, no. Don't unplug from grace. Keep plugged into grace. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay? And you want to go that direction. People say, well, you're just saying that. No, no, no. I am declaring what Jesus hung on the cross and rose from the grave for. I am not going to slap God in the face and say, oh, yeah, that covenant that you had, oh, it's no big deal. Lord, your covenant doesn't, you don't know how I feel right now. 
I'm not going to do that to God. And I've done it to him. What I'm saying is I'm not going to try and live that. I'm, I'm shifting out of the mindset of sin and death into the mindset of righteousness, holiness, sanctification, and resurrection. Amen? And so, um, and this is a process. How many, know, how many realize growth is a process? So you have a supply of the Spirit. You have a supply of grace. You have a supply of peace. And we saw that that peace is wholeness. But grace is not just, I'm going to heaven when I die. Grace is actually impartation today to live as Jesus lived. Now, religious minds will trip on that. But Jesus said out of his own mouth, I'm the standard. And then he gave you the, you the ability from him to walk as Jesus walked. Now, how many realize we're growing spiritually? But if, if, you, if I look back over the 23 years up until today, I'm closer, I'm walking closer to the Lord and in his character today than I was then. And I'm developing, and that's what the Lord is after. There should be an expectation of growth and development in the Lord because of the grace that has been deposited in us. There should be an expectation of growth and development in the Lord because of the grace that has been deposited within us. In other words, I'll put it to you like this. Most of the church just is really confident in the fact that they're going to screw up. Guys, we don't even need to meditate on that. <laughs> okay? We should realize that we're in a human body. We need to meditate on who we are in Him. Well, I need to try and become. You cannot try. I cannot try to be a McFarland because I was born one. <laughs> like people are like, what does that mean? That means it doesn't matter if I try to be something else. I was born to be a McFarlane. I'm born a McFarlane. That's what I am. Okay? I was born that way naturally. In the spirit, I was born a child of God. I need to meditate on my genes. My nature, my DNA from God. And when I do that, and that's what happens in these epistles. You find out who you are. How many have noticed this? That the, the deep things, the, the solidified things in your life, the, the things that are stable that you, that you, can, you can go to and you know this is not going to move. I'm not going to move in this area. Those things that are solidified in your life were the harder things to get established. So if you, want, if you want to be and walk deep with the Lord or walk in, in fullness and maturity, you got to realize discipleship is bondservant. You give up yours for his. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, as a disciple, you should know that you don't always act how you feel. Right? You don't always act how you feel. You act out of who you are. Have your kids ever acted in a way that they shouldn't? Have you ever looked at him and said, our family doesn't act like that? <laughs> we don't do that. Right? So the same is true in Christianity. People say, well, I just yielded to my flesh, and I just feel like that's my nature. What's well, the nature of your flesh, but you can control it. Well, I don't know if I can. Well, then you don't know who's in you. And so we go back to the very first point. <laughs> right? 
You need to know who's in you so you can dominate outside. Now, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about you controlling you and specifically your flesh. Amen? You can control you because of who's in you. Amen. You can control, I should say it this way, your flesh because of who's in you. So he goes on to say this, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all uh, with joy. So Paul, even though he had to correct, he had to deal with churches, he still had joy in these churches. He had joy with the people. And he said, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, So there's a group that's come together in fellowship, being confident of this very thing, verse 6, that he who began a good work in you will, what, complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you're struggling, if you're you're frustrated or struggling in your relationship with the Lord, this should be like a daily verse for you. Or have you ever had an area of your life you're working on, and you know that the Lord's delivered you from this area, but you still are tripping up in that area. Anybody have that happen? Okay, I'll raise both my hands for you. So <laughs> Herb last week, he goes, I'm going to tell on you, Herb. I know you're out there. I see you. <laughs> He's just turning and looking at me. He goes, are they always this quiet on Wednesdays? I said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you're just listening. I know it's the end of the day, you know, so we, it's not like Sunday morning where you're like, woo you know, but you're learning, you're thinking, right? You're engaged, right? Yeah. Okay. So you need to, and this is what I do. I go back to this. Lord, I'm not counting on me. I'm counting on you. Because how many know the devil? He's really good. You go, man, I messed up in that area. And he'll go, no, that's, that's not a big enough hammer. Here's a bigger one. You really messed up in that area. And that's where we got to go back to grace because we're not saved by law, we're saved by grace, which means your works wasn't, weren't saving you anyway. It's how it started out. So you got to go back to, okay, Lord, you know where I'm at, and you told me to come boldly to the throne of grace so that I could receive mercy and grace to help. That's a lot of grace and mercy right there. And this is after you screwed up, and this is after you're born again. Okay, you screwed up, you did something you shouldn't have, Lord, I should not have done that, I yielded to my flesh, I got deceived, whatever the case may be, but you go back to the Lord, and he doesn't hit you over the head, he may deal with you about what you did and say, yeah, I don't agree with that, that's not, we we are Jehovah children, family of Jehovah, we don't act like that. He may say that to you, but then in the process he'll go, I'm working in you though, depend on me, Sean. Okay, I'll depend on you. Now, I'm going to say something that I've just experienced really in the last couple of months that's really just, it's almost shocked me. And, and I believe God, at least I think I do. You know what I mean? You ever believe God and then something happens, you're like, man, maybe I should believe for more and more. You know what I mean? And that's the way it is with the relationship with the Lord. You find out more. But there are areas of my life where I I would quote this verse and say, Lord, you're working in me. And I don't know that I consciously went, I'm not going to respond this way. I just found myself responding the way I was supposed to. Because I was more aware of his grace in me to do what I couldn't do in my own natural strength. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but it can be pretty easy to tip out of your spirit into your flesh. Have you ever done this? 
well, I know I should read my Bible. <laughs> How many of you are married? How many of you had to work to fall in love? <laughs> Some of you are like, maybe after I got married. <laughs> now, I'm talking about when you were dating. What, what, how did it start? Were you like, looking at the person going, did they earn my love yet? What kind of works are they going to do? No, it wasn't like that. You just looked at me like, had a feeling, you know? <laughs> just came over you. I've heard it all. My wife watches Hallmark. <laughs> well, it's the same with the Lord. When you gave your heart to the Lord, he, there, was a, there was a feeling of love. There was a draw there. So why did it end over time? Because it shouldn't have. Now, I'm not saying I haven't experienced this because I have. And I don't run my relationship with the Lord on my feelings. But there should be a depth of relationship that's growing and growing and growing. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not sloppy agape. You know what I mean? It's not like this, you know how you can tell some people are, are so lovey-dovey, but you keep your hand on your wallet because you're not sure, you know, if they're just trying to work you up for something or what. You know what I mean? It's not like that. It's a genuine love. And you have that affection with the Lord. And he loves you so much that he believes enough to put his nature in you. So out of respect for the Lord and out of love for him, I'm going to believe that that nature is going to do what he said it was going to do. How about you? Okay, so that's not just for me, that's for you. That means in every area of your life right now where, you're, where you have something that you know is not exactly the way the Lord birthed you to be. There is an anointing and a grace if you tap it by faith to overcome in that area. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall actually make you free. It is set free. But make you. You know, Jesus made you free. Isn't that good? You say, what's the problem? Dun, 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 dun. Right there. <laughs> you got to renew that thinker, right? To who he is and agree with him. Okay, so I got stuck on that one, but it was good. I love that verse. All right, verse 7 says this, Just as it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We talked about partnership. We talked about the fact that uh, true partnership, true connection together uh, in the spirit can get you through the grace, can get you through any relational diff difficulty. Did you know that? Do you know that there's actually an empowerment by the spirit to never fight unnecessarily with your brothers and sisters in Christ? whether it's your spouse or whatever. You say, really? Yeah, as far as we're concerned, we can live at peace with all men. Well, what if they don't live in peace with us? Well, that's on them. I have to live in peace out of the peace that's within me. And that's what Paul was talking about uh, in, in relationship and in some of these things. So then he goes on to say in verse 8, For God is my witness, I love this, how greatly I long for you with the affection of Jesus Christ. I'm learning about the affection of Jesus Christ. But what that word actually means, it's compassion. In other words, the compassions of Jesus Christ. Have you ever looked up about when Jesus was moved with compassion? 
Go look at it sometime. There are times whole groups and masses of people were healed like that because Jesus' compassion flowed. Just like that. And so here Paul kind of uses that. He does. He actually uses that same word in the Greek. And he has compassion for these people. Okay? He has compassion for them. And I I find that awesome because that's available to us as well. Then in verse 9 we see, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more, watch this, in knowledge and all discernment. So one of the ways that love abounds is in knowledge. The other is in discernment. In other words, knowing how to apply what you already have. So the more you understand about love, the more you'll be able to apply it. Okay? Now, ignorance is not bliss. How many have ever heard that? Ignorance is bliss. You know, you quote it. I've quoted it. It's from that. It's from a, well, I'm quoting it from a movie that I saw years ago. But ignorance is bliss. Actually, according to the Bible, ignorance is death. My people perish for lack of, and if you actually read that in context, it says they reject the knowledge. It doesn't say it's not available. It says they reject it. I don't want to reject knowledge. You say, but what if the knowledge makes you look bad? Good. Right? Because God gives grace to the what? To the humble, right? He gives more grace to the humble, right? Greater grace comes to the humble. It doesn't come to the prideful. Well, yeah, but it's going to be embarrassing if people find out you messed up. Yeah? But it hurts more to not be free. So I'd rather have temporary pain over eternal pain. (laughs) Okay? In other words, I'll fall on the rock and be broken rather, rather than having the rock fall on me. Okay, so I quoted a scripture there. You can look it up. All right, so verse 10 says this, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, you could read through those verses, and I'm not going to go back through and teach them. You can go back and listen to the previous messages on those. But you think about this. That's a pretty high standard, but I really like it. Because what does it do? It gives me something for my faith to be constantly moving on. And then, let's say this, let's say, man, you get there. You You get to where you're really walking with the Lord close. And then you realize there's more. And then you realize there's more. And then not only can you just do those things, but then like Paul said earlier about love, you can actually abound in it. You can actually love beyond what is necessary. I'm going to walk in love because I have to. You can go beyond that too. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, but they're just horrible to you. What's that got to do with anything? Love takes no account of a, yeah, wrong suffered. That's no account. What does that mean? You don't add up what they did wrong to you over and over in your mind. They did this and they did this and they did this. And then you wonder why you have a hard time looking at them. See, how do you know that, Sean? Experience. (laughs) Experience. Well, how in the world can you stop those things that have, how can you just, no, 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 no. You can't do it in you. You've got to tap into him. It's his ability in you. But it was horrible what they did, but it was amazing what Christ did. And the, the amazing of Christ, the resurrection of Christ trumps that's not a political thing, but trumps 
the evil that they did. Is there enough power in God to heal it? Okay, so I got you a greeting and nodding, but will you do it? (laughs) Because you'll really experience it when you do it. And then you'll actually find that your body feels better. Physically. Because bitterness rots the bones. Right? But the joy of the Lord is your... Hmm. I wonder if there's a connection. That's why you can read through Proverbs and say, all his words are health and medicine to my flesh. (laughs) Well, it's not fair. Oh, we're not going to go by fair. I'm not going by fair. If I go by fair with you, then I'm dead according to God. Because did I treat him fair? I didn't say it was right what they did. But none of us did right to God, and he still gave Jesus. Amen? All right. All right, so verse 12. I told you we'd get here. Some of you still aren't believing that I'm getting through these, but I'm getting through them. Verse 12, I'm going to scroll down here in my notes. I only have, you know, like 60 pages of notes. This happens. But I want to make sure you get it all. I don't want to shortchange you. I don't want you to, you know, come in and like the steak is cold and, you know, all that stuff. So, verse 12, um, and we're going to uh, start here. Uh, in verse 12. And this section is talking about the spiritually mature in suffering. And there's a general uh, thought there through verse 30, but uh, there's a shorter version here in, in verse 12 through like verse 17 or 18. It says, the gospel being proclaimed is more important than our current circumstances, no matter what they are. So, Paul's letter continues to follow the common pattern of letters of his day. Talking about from verse 12 on here. After the greeting, letters moved into detailed description of the sender's particular circumstances. In this section, Paul uses his own suffering in a paradigmatic, and I had to look that up, as an example. I don't like they just can't say as an example. Why do they got to use a word that you need tongues and interpretation for? You know what I mean? It's like... Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like seed. Our religious culture, they're going to write the letter in a paradigmatic form. Just to confuse you and make me look smart. Anyway, all right, so I'll move on. As an example or fashion to model for the Philippians a Christian's response to persecution. So Paul's going to, the Holy Spirit through Paul is going to take his circumstance and, 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 and begin to teach what the Lord is doing in the middle of it, okay? Not that necessarily God designed the circumstance, but he's going to teach and show. So what is this practically? This is Paul walking out his faith in the midst of a difficult situation. Now we can read that and go, huh, If Paul did that and the Lord doesn't change, that means I can do that in my circumstance. 
Do you know what we do most of the time, which I'm not sure is the best thing, although I think there's some truth here. Most of the time we do this. Well, you know, at least I'm not in prison. You know, we compare trials. That's not the point. That's not the point. The point is not to look at Paul's and go, well, my life's not that bad. The point is to look at Paul and go, if he walked through that by faith, I can walk through what I'm going through by faith. And it's not just going, well, I guess I can put up with this because, I mean, Paul was imprisoned by the Romans. Paul's not telling you to put up with it. He's telling you to use your faith and go through. Amen. All right, we'll see it. We'll see it. Come on, think it through. So he says this, it falls neatly into four segments, it says this, in which Paul gives his perspective on his current imprisonment. That's verse 12 through 14. Then he underscores the primary importance of the gospel's proclamation, that's verse 15 through 18. He reflects on how he feels, or, or what, and I'm going to say this, senses in his heart will be the outcome of his current imprisonment. That's verse 18 through 26. And then he concludes with an exhortation to the church in light of his own experience. And so... This last section serves as a bridge to where we end up going into chapter 2, verse 1, which we won't get to this week. But he says this in verse 12, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things that happened to me have actually turned out for the what? Furtherance of the gospel, okay? So he says this first. He says, I want you to know, brethren. Now, why did he say that first? I was thinking about this, praying about it, looking at it. And this is what I felt like the Lord was saying to me. Paul desires that the church at Philippi understand his imprisonment from God's perspective. Have you ever been in the middle of a situation and all you're seeing is a situation and that's the only perspective you have? You've got to get into prayer. You've got to seek and have fellowship with God and say, Lord, what are you telling me in this situation? Now watch this. Don't look to the circumstance to be your teacher. I'm going to say it again. Don't look at the circumstance to be your teacher. The Bible does not say Jesus would leave and he would send us the circumstance to teach us. <laughs> Come on, think now. Think with me, okay? Who's the teacher? Holy Spirit is the teacher. The scripture says that the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance that Jesus said to you. He said he'll show you things to come. He'll reveal to you what's going on. If you're just going to navigate what God's saying to you by your circumstances, the devil's working in this world. Watch, people will do this. Well, Lord, if there's an open door, I know it's you. If there's a closed door, I know it's not. How do you know the devil didn't open the door? <laughs> I am messing with people's theology right now. I'm just slapping that sucker all over the place. You know what to do because of here. Watch this. What if Paul concluded, well, I must have missed God. I'm in prison. But yet the Holy Spirit revealed to him that it turned out for the what? Furtherance of the gospel. Your circumstances are not your educator. People say, well, are you saying I can't learn anything? Well, yeah, you'd learn something. I mean, you can gather natural knowledge, but guys, we're not living from here to here. We're living here to here. We're living from 
inside out, not from outside in. I just don't understand what's wrong with my kids. Well, you're never going to understand it if you continue that conversation with your spouse. Come on, you're thinking, I can, I can just feel the wheels a-turning. Some of you are smoking. Smoke's just coming right out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to do with your kids. Because he gave them to you. You say, what am I going to do about it? Well, I know what I do. I spend time praying in other tongues. People say, well, yeah, but you don't even know what you're praying. doesn't matter. Give it time. I'll know what to do. It'll come to me, usually when I'm working out. You say, why? Because my brain can't think when I'm working out. It's like, just get through it. Just get through it. <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, now, download now. He's not thinking. <laughs> He's about passed out. Just, just <laughs> get it into him. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> okay. All right. Paul bringing this understanding deals with personal opinions and the thoughts of the enemy that may have been harassing the church at Philippi. We know from Scripture that Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is a thought attacker. If the thoughts get out of line with Christ, he attacks. You say, how do you know? 2 Corinthians 10, 5, or 10, yeah, verse 5 and verse 6. What did he say? Take every to the obedience of who? Christ. If what you're meditating on does not line up with your Savior, you need to grab it. Now Christ specifically, specifically, is the anointed one and his anointing. Specifically, the Messiah. If your thinking the meditation of your mind is not lining up with the word. You need to stand up in the middle of that situation and go, no, 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 nope, nope, that's not what it is. The Lord and the covenant says this. People go, well, I don't, you know, I mean, I tried that. That's the problem. You tried it. You didn't do it. Faith is not trying, it's doing. There are modern translations of the Bible that put the word try in there and you need to burn it. You say, burn the Bible? No, no. You need to cross that word out. Because try is not in there. Do is in there. Amen? So he goes on to say this. With that idea, you take that thought captive. You bring it to obedience of Christ. So in other words, you bring it to the identity of who you are as a born-again child of God. You don't wait for your feelings to change. You don't wait for the circumstance to change. You begin to declare who you are in Christ, and you watch your feelings and your circumstances change. Amen? Okay. So, so Paul is doing this. He's bringing it into captivity, bringing these thoughts into the knowledge of Christ. Uh, let's go down to uh, the second part of the verse. He says this. He says, brethren, that the things, he said, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, that the things, the circumstances which happened unto me have fallen out or turned out by divine decree rather unto the furtherance, the word furtherance means to cut ahead or advancement or progress of the gospel. The word furtherance here or advancement, depending, I don't know what translation you guys have. I have furtherance. 
But talking about the advancement of the gospel is the word prokope in the Greek, and it's a military term for the soldiers who cut through the brush to pave the way for the advancing army behind. Picture this now. Paul's in a bad situation, but what's taking place? He's advancing the gospel before the rest of the church comes. <laughs> He's paving the way ahead. People, people sometimes are like, well, I don't want to be that person. There's always got to be one person that does it. You know this applies all the way down through your life? In other words, you could go through a difficult situation, but if you do it with the Lord, you'll pave the way for your kids to just right through that to the next. And the design is that you advance and advance and advance generation after generation. The advance is, or the, the, the intent of the gospel is this, is that the glory of God will actually increase on every generation. From generation to generation. So he, he, there's this advancement, okay? So in this particular verse and in this book, uh, in the book of, Philippi, uh, the, the book of Philippians to the, to, to the church at Philippi, this is actually Paul coming to the end of his five-year sentence, prison sentence. He sees that things have turned out for the furtherance of the gospel of the Lord. Paul has been cutting through the brush while in prison to pave the way for the saints in Philippi and the rest of the body of Christ. The gospel has progressed even though Paul is in chains. This is a crucial truth for disciples of the Lord to understand and maintain. How we walk through this life not only affects us personally, but also has an impact on those around us and their faith. There must be a contingency of believers who are willing to go ahead and into places of suffering for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of those who will follow. We have a responsibility to live the impossible life in Christ because it, is, because it is possible. And it demonstrates faith to others. I said, we have a responsibility to live the impossible life in Christ because it's possible. It's possible. You say, how is it possible? Because all things are possible. With God. And to them that believe. We have the responsibility of stepping out in faith in something that the Lord leads us to do, even though people tell you, no, that's crazy, and you do it anyway, and you win. And what happens? You go ahead, clear the land, and you go, it's clear, come on. There has to be a contingency of people that will do that in the church, and there always will be. How could Paul keep joy or happiness in the midst of this? He could keep joy because joy was in him. Paul is living by grace through faith. Paul is advancing the kingdom around him and growing up into the fullness of the stature of Christ within while being in prison. I love this because people are like, well, I would grow if my spouse would treat me right. No, no, no. You can grow no matter what your spouse does. People will, the enemy will lie to people. They'll believe, I can't develop because I'm married to this person. Wrong. You can develop because you're married to Jesus. You can overcome no matter your circumstances because of who lives 
in you. You say, well, I don't see how it's going to work. Exactly, faith person. You don't see. But you can do it because of who's in you. Man, you must have faith. I have faith in the one who's in you. (laughs) Right? I have the same faith in you that I do in me. It's by grace through... Right? Well, I'm in prison. You don't understand how big the chains are. Joy, joy. Joy. Well, it just doesn't look like it's going to work out the way they said. You're right. It'll work out perfect and complete, lacking nothing if you believe God. I don't care what they say. They are not God. I'm tired of hearing about how smart people are and how they know things because they're smart. Smarter than who? God? Because if you're... If you're outlook and determined end is opposite of God's word and you're a Christian, you're in pride. We need to think about that more? Settle in on it? Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, that person is really smart, but they don't agree with God's word? Because the Lord said they're fools. And we're having this division right now in the church. Right now. You know, a whole group. Evangelicals come out to support Biden, even though he's pro-death. Oh, I'm sorry, pro-choice. Really? And these are smart people? We better pray for these. Because see, here's the thing. People think, we're going to win the argument. It's bigger than that, guys. God, man stands in front of God at the end of this thing. It's way bigger than winning the argument. It's way bigger than red or blue. It is beyond all of these things. And you are all right. I will not get through all these verses. (laughs) But I repent. All right. Okay, so verse 13, he says, "So, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are what? His chains are what? I love the in Christ scriptures. I just feel like I'm in chains in Christ. Now watch. You're going to love this. Some of you will. Some of you are going to have to work at it. I know I do at times. Evident means to be apparent. Paul practiced putting on the Lord Jesus. He told everyone around him, including the rulers, he was brought before, that he was in chains for the gospel of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of the dead. Come on, we don't even do that today. You say, what are you? I'm a Christian. And people just hear Christian. Go say to them, I'm, a, I'm part of the group that believes in the resurrection of the dead. What? Is that a cult? We, is that black magic? What is that? The voodoo. 
Paul stood in front. Now, see, you, we, we can, I want, I want us to get the mind here because I believe Holy Spirit has revealed this to us and will more and more. Paul is standing before the presidents of his day saying, I am here because Jesus Christ died and on the third day he rose again. And we got people trying to be politically correct and, and, and super intelligent. And Paul looked at all of his intelligence and said it was poop. <laughs> That's the Greek. <laughs> I'm being very biblical. <laughs> he said, look at my degree. It's poop. Poop. In fact, he said, and the word is refuse which is waste. He said, all of that's waste compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Mm, I feel fire. In other words, the greatest minds can be shut down like that with the simplest person who knows who he is in Christ or who she is in Christ. We are a group that is going to speak from the wells, the eternal wells of wisdom. And confound the wise of this world. You say, you believe in the resurrection? Completely. If you don't, you're not saved. Well, you know, not all theologians agree. <laughs> we don't want to go too far there. And I enjoy studying. But if, we, if, our, if our education educates us out of believing this, we're in trouble. Yeah, you're standing in poop. See, <laughs> the Lord told me that he took me out of the dunghill and sat me with princes. How about you? Okay, let me finish this. Okay. God used Paul's imprisonment as a beacon of light in the middle of the Roman Empire. The picture I get is one of those huge lights that car dealerships use to get people's attention. Have you ever seen those? Or it's like a carnival or something like that. You know, not right now, but you know, stuff like that. What is that? That's Paul going, I'm here because of Jesus. My chains are in Christ. I'm here for the resurrection. And the devil's going, why did we put him in Rome? Why did we arrest him? And Paul's like, ha ha, I'm inside the enemy's camp. Well, we got him chained. He's like, I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and write letters and they'll go all over the world. And I'm going to get every Roman soldier that's attached to me saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they're going to get their families filled with the Holy Ghost. And Rome's Antichrist empire will come down. And hell will be plundered and heaven will be populated. And there are Romans in heaven today with Paul that we are part of our family because Paul was what? In chains in Christ. But he didn't, he wasn't, notice he wasn't in Christ and in chains. In other words, his circumstance was not his identity. Jesus was. And we'll have to pick up there. Did you get anything? I mean, uh, yeah. I, the Lord is helping us. And here's what I want you to get from tonight. 
We are those who are called to go out ahead into what others are afraid to, clear the area, and then bring them in. Those who are special forces, who go into circumstances where everybody else says, oh, you're dead. And we say, no, I'm confident in the Lord. And watch, you're so confident in your salvation and what the Lord's called you to do, that even if you did die, it was worth it. Come on, we have special forces in the, in the military in the U.S., and what they, are so, they know that in certain circumstances, when they go in, if they don't come out, nobody's coming to get them. But they count the cost of freedom for the nation worth the sacrifice of the blood to drain into the earth. So do we count the cost of Christ? You know, our blood could cry out too. Ooh, it gets heavy quick, doesn't it? Bond servant. I give up mine. Well, Lord, I could do that, but people are going to think I'm weird. That's truth. They already do. And why do you want to earn the approval of people? Why? <laughs> this is the shortest thing you're ever going to do. Let's say you live 100 years. I'm 43. I was like 12 the other day. How many of you are like bumping along through life, you know, you're like, get out of sixth grade, and you're like, man, if I could be a senior in high school, then you're out of high school, then you get married, then you have kids, and then it's like 20 years later all of a sudden? This is the shortest thing we'll ever do. Don't sit back and pity your situation. Stand up in the middle of it and go, I'm going to believe God. I don't care what I see. God's moving. I'm going to be a light, and I'm going to grow and be a witness wherever I'm at. Circumstances are crummy in certain, in certain situations or right now or whatever, but I don't care. I'm moving forward. The Lord is my Lord. He, I am saved. I'm His. He's mine. I'm moving forward. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.